Hello everyone and welcome to the Feels Like Sunday podcast. Can we get a round of applause? This is the first episode. Actually, let me not clap because I feel like if I clap, y'all are going to hear it on the mic, so I'm sorry. <laughs> but you get the point. Um, I'm so excited to start this. It's Honestly, it's something I've thought of before, but really sat on my heart heavily over the past few weeks. Honestly, it hasn't even been that many weeks, but I'm calling this a Feels Like Sunday podcast because that's exactly what I want it to feel like. Um, for all intensive purposes, majority of people, we leave like that self-care, the reflection, all the good things, right? We leave that a lot of times to Sundays, like Sundays that like feel good, reflective, journaling, let me take a bath, let me drop these kids off at my mom's house in a day, um, hang out with friends, whatever it may be. And so that's what I want this podcast to feel like. Not only just an opportunity for reflection, but also an opportunity to be reminded that like self-care is a priority, friendship is a priority, doing the work is a priority. Everything you typically reserve for a Sunday is what's gonna be discussed on this podcast. There's so much I've gone through this year in life in general, so many lessons I've learned, so many things that I think about. Um, and I feel like this is a perfect platform for me to really come to terms with what's going on in my head. I'm excited to start this. I'm excited to just, just do this, like pull my full energy, mind and heart into this because I've been thinking about it for a minute. And the only thing that's honestly been holding me back is fear. So welcome to episode one of Feels Like Sunday podcast. segment which is doing self-care don't care and the ideology behind it is that I want to share with y'all forms of self-care which I engaged in throughout the week throughout the month or just recently where I was so unapologetic about it it was needed I cut off what needed to be cut off and I did not care and so that's why it's called don't care doing self-care because sometimes you just can't care you just got to jump into the self-care it doesn't matter what appointment you had who needs your help where, who needs you here? If you don't prioritize self-care, you will literally go insane. And so <laughs> that's what this segment is about. And for me personally, the way that I've been unapologetic with self-care is for the past like two months or so, I've been feeling really weird about content creation. I don't know how to describe it, but everything felt so weird. It just felt weird. And I'm not talking about the brand and content I did. I always make sure that I choose brand deals that feel genuine to me or else it's just not going to work. But this specific content was just like my own content I'm making with my own creativity. It just didn't feel like anything. And as you all know, this is what I do full time now. So if I'm in a funk about the content I'm creating, it's not like I do this on the side and I can just throw it off. This is how I sustain myself. And so old me would have just kept grinding and grinding and grinding, knowing that I don't feel driven. I'm like slow. I'm low key in a funk. But the new me was like, wait a minute. And on top of this, my body, everything in my body and my mind and my soul was telling me like, Brittany, you need to rest. <laughs> and I was starting to get signs. I was getting sick back to back. I just felt so lethargic. I didn't want to leave my bed. And for a second there, I thought, I'm like, wait a minute, am I, am I experiencing, you know, 
the D word. Um, but then I literally was like, I don't care. Okay. I don't care. And I'm going to rest. I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to sleep for the next two weeks. And that's exactly what I did. I slept for two weeks. I went on vacation. I came back. I slept some more. I, came, I went on vacation. I came back and I slept some more. It ended up being that I have 30 days of no original content creation. Anything I created was for brands. And it was the best feeling. And let me tell you what came through that rest period. This podcast. Through me resting, it just automatically came to mind like, yo, you should start a podcast. And that's something that I probably would have never realized if I didn't take that moment to rest because I was fighting it so hard at first to be like, no, I got to make content. I got to make content. I got to make content. But I, I knew that the content I wasn't making, it was not aligned with, it wasn't aligned with me anymore. Like it didn't feel authentic. It didn't feel genuine. And it's so hard to prioritize rest and to even feel empowered to rest in this world that we live in. Because to rest in this society, it's like, girl, what are you doing? <laughs> rest? What are you talking about? If you ain't working, you ain't making money. Hustle culture is literally what we thrive on, especially here in America. To rest, it's like, what are you actually doing with your life? Oh, you ain't working? Oh, you're a bum. You're lazy. You're whatever. Da, 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 da. But at the end of the day, the most radical thing you can do in your life is rest because some of your greatest ideas and projects are going to come from that moment of silence, that moment of just like peace that you get, you know? And the reason why you want to be careful of pushing yourself to continue keep working when you know you need to take a rest and you know you need to care for yourself is because a lot of times whatever you work you do when you know you're supposed to be resting when you know your body just is your, your mind is just so clogged the work you're doing nine times out of ten is out of fear it's out of anxiety and it's out of ego which means it's not aligned with your purpose and more than likely going to be a waste of your time anyways because you could end up making a large investment with your time, financially, whatever it may be. And on the other side of that is just pure foolishness because it wasn't rooted in anything but negative, fleeting emotions. And so, like I said, previous me would have 150% just went ham and started going crazy. Like I would have looked at, I would have looked at my need for rest as laziness or I'm not working enough when I couldn't even, but now I look at, I'm like, girl, your body was, if you only knew it was about to come out of that risk period. And that's literally this, this content that I'm making here for the first time in a very long time feels authentic. It feels genuine. It feels purposeful. It feels creative and I haven't felt that in a minute. So that is my don't care doing self care. So in today's podcast episode, I want to touch on the topic of poverty mindset, lack mindset, scarcity mindset. From what I understand, all three of them are very related. There's very little nuance between all three of them, but they're all rooted in this idea of a belief that you lack resources to live the life that you want to live. 
how it manifests is different for different people. And it's crazy because this year has been so transformational for me to understand what in my life I'm struggling with. And I had no idea until I started doing the research and I started doing the work that this on the top three things I personally struggle with, this is in the top. This is definitely <laughs> within the top two. And it's crazy because I had no idea. Like I didn't have the terminology for it. I didn't have the understanding of it before. But now that I do, oh, baby, I am working so hard to overcome it because I truly believe that poverty mindset, lack mindset, scarcity mindset is going to be one of the biggest things that holds me back from having the most successful, abundant life in this lifetime. And for the purpose of this podcast, poverty mindset, scarcity mindset, lack mindset. I'm not going to keep saying that over and over and over again. So I'm going to say, I'm just going to refer to poverty mindset. And for the purpose of this podcast, poverty mindset, lack mindset, scarcity mindset can show up in every area of your life. It can show up with your relationship with money, your relationship with romantic relationships, friendships, yourself, everything. But for the purpose of this podcast, I'm going to talk about it from a relationship with money standpoint, because that's where I struggle with it the most. And <laughs> that's where I feel the most well-versed in it. So I'm going to be talking about poverty mindset from the perspective of relationship with money. And so again, poverty mindset is all about this idea that you have limited resources. So therefore you restrict yourself to an abundant life. And so how that shows up with a relationship with money is that your relationship with money is very restricted. So it can manifest in two different ways. It's either that your relationship with money is rooted in you never want to be poor again. So therefore, no matter how much money you obtain in this lifetime, you don't want to spend it because you're afraid of overspending. You're afraid of never having money. And so you are literally restricting yourself from a beautiful life, even though you have the money because you don't want to lose it. You don't want to overspend it. You're, you're thinking like you're thinking from uh, a lack of mindset. If I spend this money, I'm not going to get it back. Therefore, I can't spend it on the things that I want to do. That's one way. The other way of looking at it is you don't ever want to look poor. So your mon- your relationship with money is to spend money, possibly excessively, in order to avoid looking poor. So you may spend out of ego, you may spend out of fear, you may spend out of anxiety. Like your relationship with money is rooted in, I don't want to look like I don't have any money. So let me spend money that I more than likely do not have. And so you are restricting yourself to an abundant life because you never have money to invest in the things that you really want because you're investing in things to keep up with the Joneses or keep um, investing in things to make yourself look better, even though you don't even really care about them, but you just don't, you don't want to look poor, right? And in both situations, you are restricting yourself from actual abundance because in one, you have the money, but don't want to spend it. And the other one, you don't have the money because you already spent it. And both are wild because it's preventing you from living the most absolutely beautiful, bountiful life. And for me, I definitely am. I fit in the bucket of not wanting to spend money because I don't. I have this irrational fear 
of never having money, of losing money, of not being able to do what I want to do. And it's sad to me because as I started to reflect on this year and like years previous, I realized oh, like how much of my life, like how much beautiful things in life, the luxuries of life, the enjoyment of life, how much I missed out on because I was so damn focused on saving, on not spending, like it, it's crazy, like actually crazy. Now don't get me wrong, my obsession with saving and making sure I'm saving for a rainy day has cushioned me a lot in this lifetime. It's made me financially very secure. But I think about the things in my life that I have missed out on, things I've said no to that I could have easily afforded, that could have brought me so much joy, that could have put me in a place of like, girl, you made it. But I didn't do it because I was so afraid. Like, if I spend this money, I don't know. Like, <laughs> what's gonna happen? But it's deeper than that. It's deeper than just spending money for enjoyment or for luxuries. When, for me personally, I can't speak for everybody that's going through this, but you know, when you prevent yourself from spending on things that you know you deserve and things that you know that you want, that could be a nice, getting a nicer car that you can afford. That can be getting a nicer apartment that you can afford. That could be going on that vacation that you can afford. All of these things, when you were like, when I restrict myself from those things, it's coming from a place of, I don't feel like I'm worthy. That's really where it's coming from. I don't feel like I'm worthy. Yeah, I could, it, it may, I'm telling myself that I want to save money. But it really, it, when, you, when I remove that part of it, like, oh, I need to save money. When it comes down to it, I don't feel worthy to invest in a better car. I don't feel worthy to get a nicer apartment. I don't feel worthy to get the Chanel bag. It's <laughs> as trivial, as superficial as it may be. It's like, why me? Why, why would I invest? Why, why should I have those things? And it's crazy because I never saw it like that, but that is absolutely what it's rooted in for me. And so overcoming poverty mindset for me is not just about, okay, you know, I'm shifting from this place of being obsessed with saving to now, you know, loosening up my pockets a little bit more so I can enjoy life. It's deeper than enjoyment. As I overcome poverty mindset, I am increasing the worth in myself. I'm coming to terms with what I know I'm worthy of, what I should be investing in, and that that's okay and that I'm worthy of it and I should feel confident in doing it. Like, <laughs> it's deeper than that. It's so much deeper than that. And I have so many examples in my life where I missed out on enjoyment because I was like, no, nah, I can't spend this money. <laughs> but I look back and I'm like, damn. And it's funny because I have conversations with my friend Maxine all the time and my mom and all, my, and all the people around me. And I say, this year, I'm learning a lot this year because I truly do believe in my heart that next year is going to be one of the most successful years of my life, financially, romantically, self-love wise. And I believe that God is leveling me up next year. And God is like, you ain't about to take these crazy behaviors. <laughs> 
it's a 2024. You're not doing it, baby girl, because I'm not about to turn you into a millionaire so that you can hold on to this money talking about, oh, no, I can't get this new car because I have to save. I'm not about to give you a, an abundance of wealth and success for you to talk about, oh, no, I, I can't get that the penthouse because, you know, I got to I got to live. I got to live well below my means. Like, girl, please shut up. Please shut up. <laughs> Because you know you're phenomenal with budgeting. You know you're not the type of person who overspends. So anything you spend on is rooted in, it's not rooted in ego. It's rooted in you actually want it. So release that shit. Because when I bless you next year, I'm not about to have you fumble the bag. Because you're too afraid to spend money, okay? <laughs> and I was talking to my friend Max about this and my mom too. I truly believe that destiny is destiny, right? So no matter what... You're going to get what's destined for you. So if you're destined to be a millionaire in this lifetime, you're going to get it. If you're destined to have an abundance of wealth in this lifetime, you're going to get it. But that doesn't mean you're going to maximize it. That doesn't mean it's going to be peaceful when you get there. So I really do believe that this year and these learnings are happening for me because it's a time for me to reflect and figure out like, girl, you are making six figures at 21, 22, 23, 24, 25 years old, and you weren't living like it. You were living like, you were living like you were living paycheck to paycheck, and that's not the case. And don't get me wrong, nothing's wrong with budgeting. You have to budget, because if you don't budget, that means you're not spending within purpose. You're spending, once again, out of ego. You're trying to keep up with the Joneses. Like, you have to budget. Because if you don't, you're never going to have money to do what you actually want to do, right? But at the same time, you can't budget so much to the point that you're not enjoying life. And then once again, you have to ask yourself, are you budgeting because you're trying to save? Or are you budgeting because like, you really genuinely don't believe you deserve these things? You don't believe you deserve a better life? In mine, was a combination of both. And so... I'm trying my best to be aware of these behaviors because I refuse to bring them into this next stage of my life. I refuse. I refuse. <laughs> and it's crazy because if I didn't recognize that this year, I would come into this abundance of wealth and prosperity and success and still be rooting myself in unworthiness, rooting myself in extreme budgeting, extreme saving to the point where I have all this money and I'm not doing nothing with it because I'm afraid to be poor. <laughs> I'm afraid, you know? And so these irrational fears really held me back. And if you're struggling with the same thing, it could be holding you back too. And you don't even recognize it, which is why I'm starting this podcast because hopefully you see a little bit of you a little bit of me and you, and we can work through this together, okay? <laughs> and on the other side of this, is with this poor relationship with money, is this idea that like you don't ever want to look poor, and so therefore you do things and you spend money, probably overspend, don't budget at all, because you want to have the finer things in life, which is great, but the finer things in life that you want are not rooted in confidence and security and purpose. They're rooted in ego. So you're buying things because you're bored. 
You're buying things out of fear. You're buying things out of anxiety. You're buying things because the other girl got it. You're buying, you're getting that apartment you know you can't afford because your friend just got one. You're buying your, you're buying your man a car because you're afraid to lose him. Like you're spending money. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and so because you're constantly over investing in things that you really don't need or can't afford, you never have money to do the things that you really do want to do. And so in my scenario, my lack of worthiness shows up as I'm not going to buy that thing because I don't deserve it. And in this scenario, on the other side, it's like your lack of worthiness shows up as I have to buy this thing because if I don't, then I'm going to lose something else right? Then I'm going to lose my partner. Then I'm going to lose my status. Then I'm going to lose my friendship. Like I have to show up like this with all this excessive amount of investment, because if I don't, then I'm going to lose it. Like, and I, and I, and I don't ever want it to look like I don't have these things. And so, yeah, I would say both of these situations, like one is not better than the other because they're both preventing us from having the money to do what we actually want to do, right? Because if you're over investing in things that make no sense, you never have money. In my scenario, I have the money, but don't want to spend it on myself or just, you know, the nicer things in life or things I actually want because I feel like I'm going to lose all my money, right? <laughs> and both are horrible because they're both mental prisons that don't exist. And so that's what I'm working on right now. And I would encourage anybody who has a weird relationship <laughs> with money, where it's like you never have it or you never want to spend it. Just ask yourself, like, is this money that I'm spending rooted in my genuine happiness for me? I'm not doing it out of anxiety. I'm not doing it out of fear or I'm not holding on to it out of anxiety. I'm not holding on to it out of fear. And this is something that you really want to do like, and you're budgeting, you do like, you're, you have, you're going to have money left over. You're good. You know? And if you can answer those questions with your whole heart, then I mean, hello, you have one life, live it, baby. <laughs> and so that was really something I wanted to talk about today. Um, because it's something I struggle with deeply. And it's something I've overcome significantly this year alone by just being aware of it. And I know I'm not the only one. So I was like, let me bring this topic to y'all because it's, it's, it's not easy out here. It's not easy. And, but I know overcoming this was, is going to bring me like this crazy beautiful transformation in my life. And so if you're struggling with this weird relationship with money that's putting you in this poverty mindset that you can't spend it or you never have it, just listen. The only way to overcome it is to recognize that it's something you're struggling with and then do everything in your power to make sure your decisions are not rooted in it because we got to do better and we can do better. Okay. Together. Period. <laughs> So in every episode of the podcast, I'm going to have at the end an Ask Brittany segment where y'all could ask me anything. It could be a question for me, a question about life in general. If you're going through something and you want my opinion on it, I want to help you. And so I'm always going to have like a call out on my story. But if you go to my Instagram profile and click on the link and in there, you'll see like an ask me form. 
in that form, it's completely anonymous. If you ask me a question or ask me for advice, I don't know who you are. I don't know where you're from. It literally just pops up with the question and that's it. And so if you want to ask me something anonymously, you, you absolutely can. So the first question here is, should women spin the block in intimate, intimate relationships with a man? That is a good question. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know what spin the block means, it's basically you were dealing with a person either in an exclusive man uh, manner, so y'all have a relationship or whatever, or you're dealing with them possibly inexclusively in the situationship, but you were dealing with a person and then y'all decided to cut it off for whatever reason. Spinning the block is coming back around and getting back together again, trying one more time. Now... This person didn't give a scenario under which why y'all broke up. So I'm just going to use a general case scenario. I personally think that spinning the block is okay. Getting back together again with somebody who you were in a relationship with is cool. But my caveat to it is that you need a considerable amount of time to go by before y'all try again. And the reason why I say that is because it's so easy to get back into a relationship because you're bored or you're sad or you're just honestly allowing like your ego to take over. You're allowing like, damn, what if they get up with somebody else? Like you just have all these anxious emotions running through you and you do not want to start a relationship again, especially with somebody you just broke up with based off of anxiety, based off of fear of losing them, based off of like just really superficial, trivial reasons. And so when you let a considerable amount of time go by, like six months to a year go by before y'all even consider that shit again, you let the dust settle a little bit. You let a lot of those anxiety-driven, crazy, chaotic emotions settle down so that you can think with a straight and clear mind instead of a mind that's just like, oh, but I want you back. Um, because it can easily... it can. <laughs> can get a little funky. So that would be my advice. That spinning the block is perfectly fine, like coming back, but make sure you don't spin that block the next week, okay? <laughs> Let a couple months go by, possibly date other people, get to see what you like and don't like. But I think coming back to that relationship relationship again very quickly can be it can it it, it can be a bit chaotic if it's not done properly. And so to avoid that, let the dust settle. The last question is anonymous and it is, do I have a boyfriend? <laughs> I'm so stupid. The answer to that question is no, I am single. I am a single girl, single girl. I am single. I am fairly newly single as of this summer. It was what, June that we broke up? But yeah, I was in a long-term relationship that literally we were together for like 94 years. <laughs> um, and so yeah, I'm single. I am very much single. I do not have a boyfriend. And I've spent the past few months just healing through my breakup. And it's been beautiful. I think what was easy about this break well, I shouldn't say easy but what made this breakup um not as chaotic as I've heard some other people's could be is that it was very amicable very amicable there was no beef there was no negative harsh feelings it was just like listen yeah <laughs> 
And so to answer your question, yes, I am. Sorry, to answer your question, no, I do not have a boyfriend. Yes, I am single. Single girl. I'm so excited for what this podcast is going to be, what it's going to become. But even beyond that, this is just a dope opportunity for me to just tell y'all what I've been going through, what I'm working through. And if there's ever a topic you want me to talk about, again, fill it out in the form because I'm happy to do that. But thank y'all for listening. I appreciate it. If you got to the end, make sure you support by just sharing, engaging, and I will see y'all in the next episode. And may every day feel like Sunday to you.